Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey, it's Mark from The Mark Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. First of all, thanks for listening to The Mark Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's The Mark Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. You know, I think that that, that lawsuit in Florida, I, you know, I'm not saying that's part of a larger Democrat plot to uh, to railroad Bernie Sanders. But look, this is this is how the Democrats have done it in the past. They start small and then they get big and then all of a sudden it's sweeping the nation. And they just because Bernie Sanders is the front runner and just because Bernie Sanders seems like he's winning all the debates and just because everybody is attacking Bernie Sanders, it doesn't necessarily mean that Bernie Sanders will be the candidate, especially if the DNC starts working their magic. And by man- magic, we mean stealing the election from Bernie Sanders, who seems to be the most popular of their of their horrible crop of candidates. What's up everyone? This is the Marquet Show. My name's Marquet. Thanks so much for joining us today. 855-765-1045. I'm telling you, it was chaos in South Carolina. Chaos with a capital K. And it didn't it went on. It didn't stop. And CBS, this is the problem. A lot of people, the big loser in the debate today was CBS and the moderators, Gail King and everybody else. They could not control. I don't know if they didn't want to control anybody. I don't know if they were purposely letting these candidates just walk all over each other. But there were moments in this debate where you had no idea what was going on. You had no idea what the question was. You had no idea who was being called on to answer it. And the moderators did nothing. It got to the point where the candidates had to yell. The, Bernie Sanders was like, can we, can somebody get this debate under control, please? Yeah, yeah, here's one the, the opposition I, to the filibuster is not a discretion from a long time ago. I think you recognize me. Thank you. Wait, Wait, listen to this. When they say that they don't want to be out there okay. defending some Thank you, Senator. Thank you, Senator. Thank you whoa, whoa, whoa. Vice President Biden, please. I, I guess the only way you do this is jump in and speak twice as long as you should. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Poor Joe Biden. Joe Biden, man, that dude had a day. That guy, this guy had a day yesterday. I don't know if you saw the video. We posted it on our Facebook page. But before the debate even started, everyone was ridiculing Joe Biden in South Carolina. Why? Well, because he did one of the most Joe Biden things he could ever do. When you're Joe Biden, your goal is to try to not be yourself. When you're Joe Biden, your goal is to try to to be professional and try to be uh, and try to, you know, be understandable and try to make sure that no, you don't give anybody any fodder or any reason to make fun of you. And Joe Biden did the exact opposite yesterday in South Carolina before the debate even started. During the debate, man, he had enough to make fun of him. But but yesterday or two days ago, rather, in South Carolina, while giving people uh, a speech, while, while delivering a speech to first in the South, here's what he said about his campaign. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Wow, the United States Senate throwback. Somebody's having flashbacks to 1972. He is a he is a candidate for the United States Senate. He said that to an audience, didn't even stop, didn't even didn't even uh, um, try to correct himself because he didn't realize what he'd said. And then what happened next was he went on and on about voting for the other Biden over. You're like, we see help out. If not vote for the other Biden. give me vote for the other. But he had no idea who he was. He had no idea where he was. And he had no idea uh, who he was running against. And then during the debate, he just kept he, he was angry, man. He was just getting so mad. Everybody was trampling each other. Everybody was talking over each other. Everybody was ignoring the moderators, except for Joe Biden, who thought, you know what? I'm just going to be polite and I'm just going to I'm just going to stop talking whenever, whenever, <laughs> whenever the time is up. I'll just step back. Launching missiles to take okay. them down. And if we don't why am I stopping? No one else stops. OK. <laughs> 
as the day went on, as the night went on, he just got angrier and angrier on that stage. I know how you cut me off all the time, Mr. but I'm not going to be quiet anymore, me, okay? Mr. Steyer. Yeah, they didn't like he, the moderators were cutting him off. The fact is, here's the deal. I'm not out of time. You spoke over time, and I'm going to talk. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is the thing was crazy. It was zany. And it was a huge problem for the Democrats. Great for Donald Trump. Great for President Trump and the Republicans, because the Democrats, they have no idea who the enemy is. They have no idea who their enemy is. They're all battling each other. Uh, you know, you get Elizabeth Warren is battling Mayor Bloomberg. Mayor Bloomberg is battling Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is battling anybody who thinks that he loves Cuba. And Joe Biden's battling the moderators and his own dementia. It is just it's a free for all. And it was and it went on and on and on. And it didn't it didn't stop. Mr. Steyer, Mr. Steyer. I think we're talking we about get to you, Mr. Sanders. Let's talk Let about me, it. Can Steyer. I say something? Look, first of all, yeah, first, let me go. No, let me go. I think, um, I think she was talking about my plan, not yours. I think we were right. talking about math and it no, doesn't take no, two hours well, to do the math. Because let's talk about let's what talk it adds about up. We math. Let's talk about let's math. Talk about math. OK, so here's the math thing. No, here's the math. Why are we talking about math? We're not debating what you're going to take next semester we're to <laughs> let's talk about math it's not about math it is about math all right we'll talk about it. it's my plan what it doesn't matter whose plan it is none of you are going to be able to implement your plan because none of you are going to be able to win election and amy klobuchar amy klobuchar probably was the only person that said something halfway sensible the entire evening if we spend the next four months okay. tearing our party apart we're gonna watch donald trump spend the next four years tearing our country apart yeah well she's half right about that donald trump will be in the white house for four more years but i'm telling you man it was it was beautiful to watch and it was kind of fun to see it was it started off with mayor bloomberg putting his sights right on Right on the front runner, Bernie Sanders. I mean, and that's the thing, and that's what you got to do when you have seven people on stage. By the way, here's another problem: the last debate we were down to six. Now all of a sudden, Tom Steyer shows back up, and we're back to seven. We got to whittle people down. You know, it's not. It can't be a roller coaster. It's got to be. We were at six. We need six or fewer in every future debate. Tom Steyer shouldn't have been on that stage. Then the next debate, it should be down to five and then four. And eventually we should have two people going at it, trying to, you know, just one on one. And that's where you find out who's going to be the Democratic nominee for president. That's when you find out who's going to be facing Donald Trump in the general election. That's when you find out who's going to get trounced in the Electoral College come November. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. And, and, you know, this is, this is the tricky thing about politics is that it's going to be very difficult for what Amy Klobuchar said uh, she wants to happen to happen. Once there's a nominee, if the nominee is Bernie Sanders, there's no way that Michael Bloomberg, who has spent $200 million in advertising this week alone, trying to tear him down, and who said this in the debate yesterday. Donald Trump thinks it would be better if he's president. I do not think so. Vladimir Putin thinks that Donald Trump is, should be president of the United States. And that's why Russia is helping you get oh, elected so Mr. you'll Bloomberg. lose to him. Mr. Bloomberg. Oh, Mr. Bloomberg. I'm sorry, Mr. Bloomberg. That is incorrect, Mr. Bloomberg. That's that's what happens. Uh, and so Michael Bloomberg can never support Bernie Sanders if he is the nominee. Elizabeth Warren, if Michael Bloomberg wins, she can't fulfill her pledge of supporting the Democratic nominee because she accused him of demanding one of his employees abort their unborn child. At least I didn't have a boss who said to me, kill it. The way that I Mayor Bloomberg never said that. have said to one of oh, his on. pregnant employees. People want a chance that to hear. People want a chance to hear. By the way, I really enjoyed the vocal crowd. Yeah, you didn't have a vocal crowd like that. People were booing Bernie Sanders. They were booing Elizabeth Warren. They were cheering Michael Bloomberg. There was it was really I don't know what I mean, I should have, you know, I don't know what's going on in South Carolina, but it was it was definitely a livelier debate than we've seen. Oh, and surprisingly uh, or surprising nobody, nothing was accomplished by the end of it. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five. All right. We got to take a quick break. We have uh, we have a ton of people wanting to comment on that. We have some open mic messages, too. Donald Trump, the uh, president, has announced that there's going to be a press conference, or I guess he's going to be speaking, rather, today at 6 p.m. in a joint press conference with the CDC regarding the coronavirus. We'll get into a little bit of that as well. This is, oh, and we should probably talk about the Supreme Court being anti-Trump, openly anti-Trump, which is something 
we never thought we'd see. We'll get into all hey, Mark, of that. Mark, 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 I just want to let you know you're out of time. Thank you. Please move on to the next break. Oh, what? Yes, Why sir. am I sorry. stopping? We don't, have, no, we don't have enough time for you. I'm stops. sorry. No, I'm sorry. We're I'm going to keep time. going. It's the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. walks into a bar. The bartender says, wow, I've never served a weasel before. What can I get you? Pop goes the weasel. That was, can you not send open hey, mic messages? You're the one who asked for open mics. I didn't ask you for open mics. I just, you just I asked Jacksonville, and here I am. 855-765-1045. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today, welcome. folks. No, not you. No. It's, uh, and put your phone away. No more, no more open mic messages. Isn't this show just for me? We've got Susie on the line. Susie from Middleburg. Good morning, Susie. How are you? I'm doing good, Mark. How about yourself? Oh, doing great, Susie. What do you want to say today? Anything interesting? Oh, happy Trump Day. Happy Trump Day is correct. Let me get you your dinger here. Ah, nicely done. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. 855-765-1045 is our number. We're going to get to the phone. We have a bunch of people that want to call about the debate. A couple of interesting things, though. A couple of things that that happened during the, the debate that we should point out. One of them is that Michael Bloomberg... I guess in his in his horrible debate performance last time around, tried to deflect from that. And he wanted to deflect from from it by being funny. He tried to do some stand up comedy, although you couldn't really tell if he was standing or not because he's so short. Uh, But he, he started off. One of the things he said when he finally got the attention of the panel and when he had the floor was he tried to make a joke about last week's debate. I really am surprised that all of these, uh, my fellow uh, uh, um, contestants up here, I guess would be the right word for it, (laughs) even nobody pays attention to the clock. uh, I'm surprised they show up because I would have thought after I did such a good job in beating them last week that they'd be a little bit afraid to do that. Yeah, he thought he thought that they'd be afraid. And they were like, and that was, I mean, that joke fell flat. That joke, nobody laughed. Nobody really... Nobody really thought it was funny. Nobody really wants Michael Bloomberg on stage with them anyway. And everybody knows that he took a beating. I'm a little shocked when he said that, by the way, that Elizabeth Warren didn't just turn around and slap him. I would have expected I would have expected last night. I was expecting it to come to that with all the chaos and everything else that was going on. I would have thought somebody would have just like stood up and just punched. Somebody. No, I was talking we would like to bring Mr. Steyer in on this conversation. Mr. Steyer, please. I was talking about all your programs. Excuse me, Amy. Excuse me, Amy. Can you please shut up before I before I smack you silly? I mean, it was I've never seen a crazier, more disorganized debate. And as I said, CBS has taken the heat for this. And I can't tell if CBS like basically if if their plan was to let these people go you know like sometimes when you're watching a football game or a basketball game you know march madness is coming up um sometimes people get really annoyed because the refs blow too many whistles and there's too many fouls and players are getting fouled out and you always hear the announcers go come on refs let them play you know come on let them play or if you're uh you know the pass interference calls a lot in the nfl sometimes there'll be a pass interference call and then they march down the field and everyone's like what come on let just let them play it's a sport. Maybe that was CBS's motto. Maybe they were like, hey, guys, just pull back. You know, don't don't moderate this debate. You're, I know we call you moderators, but just don't moderate it. Just let them play and and play. They did, man. They went after each other uh, tooth and nail once again. And I kind of feel like the chaos made it more exciting. It made it more like a reality show. I mean, there were parts of this thing that that played out more like a, more like an episode of the Real Housewives of Insert City here than a presidential debate. And I think that it, in the end, even though CBS has taken flack from other networks and other debate moderators and other quote unquote professional broadcasters, I'll be honest with you, in my humble opinion, it was one of the most entertaining debates of the season. 855-765-1045. David, downtown Jax. How you doing, David? Doing well, sir. Oh, good. What do you so, want to say, man? As a, so it's a, a proud American. I watched that uh, cartoon show last night. And I got to say, I've never been quite so embarrassed for... Uh, Thanks for calling. For a presidential candidate. Um, I don't see any of those folks winning. So congratulations, Mr. Trump. Yeah, so that should be hope. Look, you can be embarrassed for the Democrats, but it'd be helpful for the Republicans because there was a lot there was a lot to be happy about in watching that performance. 855-765-1045. This is Lisa in St. Augustine. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hey, good, Mark. How are you? Oh, doing great. What do you want to say, Lisa? 
Well, I just wanted to pick your brain about what you thought. Like, if they do get Bernie out, like, you know, because that's what they do. They cheat. They don't mm-hmm. want him in. Would he be able to, or what do you think about him running as an independent, which would which would hurt them probably even more because it would split all the votes, you know? I mean, I just kind of wanted to see. And, by the way, last night was a freak show and a comedy club for us. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Lisa, that's a great, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And one, it's one that comes up a lot more. And I think people are starting to realize who Bernie Sanders really is. And this lawsuit in Florida actually kind of ties into that. There's there's a lot of things about this lawsuit in Florida. I mean, it's it's like the second or third headline today, but I think it could be something that grows and becomes bigger. And it could be the start of some kind of deep state effort to to sink Bernie once and for all. Uh, we have to take a quick break, but I'm going to delve into that a, a little bit more here in just a minute. 855-765-1045. Oh, also, Michael Bloomberg had one of the biggest slip ups of the night. Had one of the biggest slip-ups of the night. We'll play that for you, too. That's all in the way. Stay tuned to the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. At least I didn't have a boss who said to me, kill it. The way that I Mayor Bloomberg never said that. have said okay. to one of oh, his on. pregnant employees. All right, cue the Bloomberg booze. People want a chance that. to hear. People want a chance to hear. I feel like all the people Michael Bloomberg's paying to tweet for him and Instagram for him, all of the influencers, he's paying $2,500 a month. I'm pretty sure he flew them all to Charleston for that debate because Michael Bloomberg had for whatever. I mean, here's South Carolina. Here's how South Carolina is shaping up. Joe Biden hanging on to a very, very narrow lead. Bernie Sanders, number two in South Carolina and in your hearts. And Tom Steyer, remarkably, is is number three in South Carolina. So where are all these Bloomberg people coming from? Where's When Michael Bloomberg said something, there were cheers. When somebody said something about Michael Bloomberg, there were boos and hisses. Clearly, he stacked the deck. Clearly, he bought out the uh, the uh, the audience. He bought all the tickets. Now, oh, by the way, that's not all he bought because he had one, he had one of the... Okay, I guess we'll play it now. Michael Bloomberg had one of the biggest slips of the night, and I'm I'm not really sure why it's not a bigger deal, why I'm not hearing more about it. But yesterday during the debate, Michael Bloomberg was talking about the Democrats and and people were questioning his, you know, his his democraticness. And and he started talking about Democrats in the House and and how many of them he he said like 40 of the Democrats who came into the House. He actually sponsored. He donated to their campaigns because he felt it was important to put Democrats back in the House. And this is what he said. Listen very carefully to what he said. All of the new Democrats that came in and put Nancy Pelosi in charge and gave the Congress the ability to control this president. I I, I got them. All of the new Democrats. I, he said at the end, he caught himself. He started to say, I bought them, but in the end said, I got them. Listen, I bought, I, I got them. I bought, I mean, I got them <laughs> because he's like, I donated to the campaigns of 40 de- prominent Democrats. I knew that the House had, I put my hard earned money into the Democratic Party and gave the Congress the ability to control this president. I bought, I, I got them. I bought Congress. He's like, I own Congress. Now, I bought Congress, and now I'm trying to buy the White House. And after that, I'll figure out a way to buy the judiciary. I'll figure that out, too, although I probably won't have to because, uh, you know, half of them are Democrats and they hate Donald Trump. 855-765-1045. Now, back to the, back to the whole kill it thing. We had a comment, I think Jake on our Facebook page came up with a great comment. And said, if the Democrats are for late-term abortion, and if a lot of the Democrats are for postpartum abortion, especially the governor of Virginia, uh, Ralph Northam, who's like, hey, you know what? We could actually abort the baby after it's born if the mother has a talk with her daughter and thinks, you know, I'm not really into this motherhood thing. Uh, in New York City as well. In New York City, what you have is you have another issue where you can have a, a, an abortion right up until, you know, birth almost. And so the Democrats, they're, they're friends of abortion. They're really, they're like, they go hand in hand. Being a Democrat goes hand in hand with abortion. And so why is Elizabeth Warren so upset by Michael Bloomberg comment? Why did abortion rattle her so much? Why is she trying to make that an issue when you look out over the vast array of Democrats around this country and they're all pro, pro life or pro choice rather? They're all pro choice. I mean, they're all like extreme pro choice as opposed to uh, any of the Republicans. So it, it is interesting. They're trying to make they're trying to debate each other on topics that I think they all agree with just to tear each other down. 
Um, now, now, we had a question right before the break. Somebody called in and said, what about Bernie Sanders? Is Bernie Sanders, is he going to be a third-party candidate? Let's say, for example, that the Democrats are able to keep him off of the ballot, uh, like they're trying to do here in Florida. And we'll get into that in a minute. Let's say that the Democrats figure out a way to steal this election once again from Bernie Sanders, to take the delegate lead away from him, to uh, to have a contested convention which is probably the most likely scenario for them to win at this point and put somebody like Michael Bloomberg or Pete Buttigieg or even Joe Biden, who's still apparently in it, who still apparently thinks he has a chance. What if they put one of those guys in place of of Bernie Sanders? Does Bernie Sanders go politely away? Does Bernie Sanders do what he said he would do, uh, what he pledged to do, and support the Democratic candidate? Because all he knows is that we've got to get rid of Donald Trump. We've got that's Bernie Sanders whole mantra. I will support the Democratic candidate because we need to get rid of Donald Trump. Is that true? Will he support Michael Bloomberg? Will he support Pete Buttigieg? Will he even support Joe Biden? Is there anyone else on that stage he could see? Because if you think about it, Bernie Sanders isn't even a Democrat. He's an independent. That's what this whole lawsuit is about. That's in, in, in Tallahassee, Leon County. Uh, Sanders is registered as a Democrat with the Federal Election Commission. However, he is a registered independent that caucuses with the Democrats in the Senate. A lawsuit filed in Leon County asserts he is a political inter- interloper, not a bona fide Democrat. A political interloper, not a bona fide Democrat. Two of these Democrats are basically uh, suing to get him off the ballot as a Democrat because they don't think he's faithful to the party. Defendant Sanders is clearly an independent and is clearly not a Democrat by his own definitions. His current day job is as a United States senator, and he has consistently proudly asserted his service in that role as independent, contends the suit filed on behalf of two registered Democrats who want Sanders off the ballot. Quote, we're aware of the spurious complaint. Oh, this is um. Sanders said the campaign issued a response. The uh, Sanders response was, we're aware of the spurious complaint and it will not affect us. Bernie will be on the ballot in Florida. But this brings up a great point that Bernie Sanders isn't a Democrat. He's running as a Democrat because he's that's where he's getting the momentum. He's running as a Democrat because he feels if he gets the party behind him, he could get the nomination. But he's an independent. It says it right there. If you Google him or Wikipedia or whatever, it says Bernie Sanders, I. I does not stand for Democrat. I stands for independent. I know a lot of you are saying, I thought it stood for idiot. It stands for independent. So Bernie Sanders 100% could mount and probably would mount a third-party candidacy. If for no other reason, then the Bernie bros will burn down the entire United States of America. The Bernie bros, the ones that he claims he doesn't want the support of, the ones who he hires, puts in his campaign offices, who smoke weed and drink beer and talk about burning down Milwaukee and burning down Des Moines and punching Republicans and saying Republicans are fascists. The only thing they listen to is violence, so you've got to confront them with violence. The same Bernie bros who take guns out to the uh, to the baseball field where the Republicans are are practicing for the congressional softball game and starts like shooting people. Bang, bang, bang. Putting a bullet in Steve Scalise. Those that was a Bernie Sanders, proud Bernie Sanders supporter. And Bernie Sanders says, I, I want nothing to do with these people. Well, he will when they demand that he mount a third party campaign. And let's be honest, this is Bernie's last stand. The guy's 78 years old. This is it. This is his last chance to do anything. So, yeah, I 100 percent believe that if Bernie Sanders doesn't get the nomination for whatever reason, if there's enough lawsuits to keep him off ballots, if the Democrats come in with a contested convention and decide to hand all the delegates to Joe Biden or Mike Bloomberg or whoever else pops their their, you know, throws their hat in the ring. If there's anything at all that that thwarts Bernie's second and most likely chance of becoming the Democratic nominee, then my money is on him going third party. 855-765-1045. Because think about this. It it only makes sense because Bernie Sanders is telling us the only person up there that can beat Donald Trump is him. He got into a five-minute argument with Mike Bloomberg saying, of the 50 national polls of me versus Donald Trump, I win 47 of them and you people don't. I'm the only one up here who can beat Donald Trump. So if he truly believes that and he's not the nominee, then he would be totally justified in mounting a third-party campaign because all of those polls say he's the only one who can beat Donald Trump. And if so if he doesn't get the nominee don, don, nomination, Donald Trump's going to win anyway. If he runs as a third-party candidate, 
and steals votes from the Democrats and splits the votes for the Democrats, Donald Trump wins anyway. Really, any way you look at it, it all points to one thing happening in November, and that is Donald Trump winning re-election. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of your phone calls uh, coming up. Tom, Chris, Doug, Al, Sieber, Leah, everybody hang on. We are going to get to you. We've got to take one more quick break. More of the Mark K Show is on the way on 104.5 WOKV. I've been teaching myself to juggle clocks. I guess I have too much time on my hands. You sure do. You should be working. Can you please put your phone down and stop sending dad jokes on the open mic? Submit. I what? appreciate what that. What are you saying? <laughs> if you would like to send a dad, if you would like to send an open <laughs> mic message, you can go to our uh, our um, app. It's very simple to find. Just open your app store, open your Google Play store, and uh, go to 104.5 WOKV. Download the app. Hit the open mic feature. Send us whatever comment you want. We're full. We got a lot of dad jokes though, so maybe something else about the um, about the uh, debate last night or the primary coming up this weekend or the election in general or the coronavirus which by the way i have a funny story to tell about the coronavirus hmm. okay I mean, let's see about, where this goes not about the coronavirus I'll hold but my judgment let me just say i have a story to tell about that and also <laughs> donald <laughs> donald so trump funny. will be speaking about the coronavirus uh in a joint cdc press conference today at 6 p.m i assume we'll be carrying that live it's a good assumption. Yeah, I would I would assume that. 855-765-1045. Siebers and Yuli. Hi, Sieber. How are you, Lee? Hey, Mark. I'm doing great. i got three things. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, Tom Steyer is number three in South Carolina because he's promised reparations for slavery. Yeah, that is number true. Two, two, uh, yeah, you're right about Bloomberg. They stacked the audience. I read that in an article mm-hmm. for people to yell for him. And number one is it's obvious that uh, Biden has lost his mental faculties, and his wife. It's sad that his wife, or someone's not stepping in to, to tell him or to stop this, because he said 150 million people died by gun violence yeah. in the last 10 years. More, so. more than it's all the wars combined. Sad. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's there's a lot of look fact check. I think they just stopped fact checking Joe Biden because I mean, how do you fact check somebody with dementia? You know, you don't know what they're and 4,300 4, rabbits. 4,300 rabbits have, uh, have died and been incarcerated, uh, because of, uh, because they had, uh, you know, um, uh, testosterone in their urine. And we got to put a stop to that. I don't, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's a direct quote of Joe Biden's, but it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> what was, what was that? That was thunder. That was supposed to be you, uh, lion dog face pony soldier. Yeah, I thought that too. That is not. <laughs> Let's that try is, again. That is thunder. All right, push that button in about two minutes. Okay, all right. You were just real. Wow. <laughs> you know, I have a, I have a thought. Maybe if you didn't spend all your time sending dad jokes via IM or uh, instant or um, via the, IM via OM. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> you could update the. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I fell for that, too. You pointed to it. You were like, hit no, this button I know. now. I thought it was done. Uh-huh. I thought it was because it was I'll topical. Tell you, I'll tell you who's done. Oh, great. Uh, 855-765-1045. This is Tom in Fleming Island. How you doing, Tom? What did that work? Yeah, I'm doing great, Mark. Love your show. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Even when we're off the rails like this? Absolutely. Oh, good. It's uh, you're off the rails like this. Would you? Uh, would you? <laughs> Speaking of off the rails, yeah. the uh, debate last night, I have a solution for all the chaos. Just put shock collars on all of them. When they get out of line, just strap them like a bug. Oh, that would be great. I, that'd be or like when the dog barks and, they, and then, it, you know, their, their head starts to Mr. Steyer, Mr. Steyer. I think we're talking we about get that. To you, Mr. Sanders. Let's talk about it. Look, first of all, let me go. I think she was talking about my plan, not yours. Yeah. I think we were right. talking about math, and it no, doesn't take no. two hours. Oh, my God. That was, that was I love that clip. The math clip is my favorite. I think we were. Why were we talking about math? I don't understand that. Hey, uh, Doug in Michigan. How you doing, Doug? Thanks for calling the Marquee Show. Really good. I love your show. Um, I want to call out my cousin, Stan Hoover, down in Florida. Okay. And, uh, but anyway, I really think uh, we need to do an exorcism with Joe Biden. Do an exorcism. Because um, <laughs> an exorcism. I, I could hold a holy water bucket and you could sprinkle him. And we could have some of uh, our good priest friends pray over him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
He's basically saying Donald Trump needs to leave office. The Democrats need to win. I'm donating five hundred million dollars to the Democratic Party. That's how he sees it. That's I mean, he's got a guy like you want to talk. He's a little guy with a huge ego. I mean, talk about a Napoleon complex. This guy has it. He could actually be Napoleon reincarnated because he literally is chalking this all up to a charitable donation. Donald Trump is the worst president ever. I was the best mayor of New York City ever. Therefore, I need to be the best. I would be the best president ever. He even said it last night. He said, I've been training for this job since I stood on the on the burning rubble after 9-11. I've been training for this job longer than anyone here, and I'm ready to do it. I don't need on-the-job training. I can go in day one and manage this this country just like I do my company. That's what he believes. So in order to become the Democratic nominee and go up and even in order to beat Donald Trump, he's got to spend his own money. He doesn't see it as spending his own money. He sees it as a charitable donation to the Democratic Party because him being president would benefit everybody. Everybody in the United States would benefit from Michael Bloomberg as president. It's like a gift that he's giving every single American. Isn't he just the nicest, most generous guy? 855-765-1045. This is Don in Jack's Beach. Hey, Don, how's it going? Good, good. Hey, you know, uh, Joe Biden, his main thing is just going on and on about his uh, civil rights record. Well, last night, you remember when he said about his good friends, the late Fritz Hollings from South Carolina? Yeah. Well, that's the guy that put up the Confederate flag on the state house in South Carolina when he was governor. Yeah. And no one called him out on that. There was a big problem yesterday in South Carolina, this debate, and Pete Buttigieg, I think, was the only one that even brought up how ridiculous it was. But basically, uh, basically, everybody was trying to pander to African-Americans. They needed to win South Carolina, and you win South Carolina by winning the black vote. Bernie Sanders, um, Mike Bloomberg, uh, Steyer even, they're trying to whittle away at Joe Biden's massive support in the african-american community in south carolina because because barack obama was the first black president and joe biden was right by his side for eight years black voters in south carolina equate joe biden with barack obama so he had a huge lead now tom Steyer's come in and whittled away at it uh, bernie sanders has come in and whittled away at it even michael bloomberg has come in and whittled away at it but everything yesterday was how can we get more black support that's why you had michael bloomberg saying this oh hold on where is it right here yeah, here, listen carefully. I know that if I were black, my success would have been a lot harder to achieve. And I know a lot of black people that if they were white, it would have been a lot easier for them. That's just a fact, and we've got to do something about it than rather just demagogue about it. Yeah, and then you've got Bernie Sanders, of course, saying every institution in this country is inherently racist. And then you had Tom Steyer, a billionaire in a plaid tie, who I still don't know how he gets on the stage, uh, saying we need reparations. He's like, I'm the only one here that believes we need reparations for slavery. And anytime you say reparations in a debate, in a campaign ad, in a conversation, it is pandering to the African-American voter. Because, I mean, it's basically, that is basically socialism for African-Americans. You are giving them money. Uh, reparations for slavery are are American payouts or payouts from the government to the the relatives, the long lost uh, the relatives of, of long lost slaves here in the United States of America. And that's how Tom Steyer is trying to buy votes. He's ba let, let, Michael Bloomberg is buying votes up front. He's paying money for ads and billboards and he's paying money for Instagram followers and people to, to tweet about him. And he's paying for people to come in the audience and sit there and cheer whenever he makes a funny joke. That's how he's trying to buy the election. Tom Steyer is buying the election on credit. He's saying, vote for me now, black people in South uh, Carolina, and I will give you money when I'm president in the form of reparations. Bernie Sanders doing the same thing. Vote for me now, black people in South Carolina, really all people in South Carolina, and I'll give you free health care and I'll give you free education. And if you have a student loan, guess what? I'll just get rid of it. I'll just wipe it clean. And if you have kids, we'll give you free uh, child care for your kids. So you can go out and work, although you won't need to work because we're going to give you everything for free. And anything, and if you do work and you make money, we're going to take all of it in taxes anyway. 855-765-1045. This is uh, Leanne in New Jersey. Hi, Leanne. How's it going? Hi. How are you? Great. Great. Thanks so much for calling. I have a, yes. Um, this has been bothering me because um, of my mom and mm. I have a lot of elderly um relative medicare yeah um i know medicare is, in theory is a great idea but here's the thing um medicare does not cover everything Correct. and you have to get a supplementary plan most people Correct. and if we do have medicare for all um nobody talks about the supplementary plans which in theory will rise 
so what will happen is people get Medicare for all, then people need supplementary plans, then Medicare will um, rise their costs of things and cover less, and then you'll, the supplementary plans will go up and then um, to get more coverage. So a little foresight here, we'll be back where we were with insurance plans and high costs. That's all I'm thinking. Like, uh, Leanne, so I you're, listen, you're only half right there. Yes, we will be back where we are with insurance plans and costs. But here's the issue. You're going to have way less money. You'll have the same right. expenses, but you're only going to have 30% of your income to spend on those expenses instead of 70 or 75%. That's the issue. Right. You're right about that. You're right yeah, about so that. Nobody talks about that, you know, that they don't cover everything. And then what will happen is Medicare will make changes and, and cover less. Yeah. And, and supplementary plans will uh, go up, you know, like all this, the insurance people, and then they'll get their money and it, it'll just be another big mess. Look, so, insur- and Leanne, they, that's a great, no, listen, that's a great point you bring up. And I'm, I'm glad you did. Insurance companies know how to make money. They will insure anything. They insure your life. They insure your disability. You know, if somebody shoots me in the face and I can't talk anymore, then uh, then they can, you know, they'll all get money every month for whatever reason. I mean, please don't do that because I enjoy talking. Uh, but I'm saying they will figure out a way for them to insure you in some way. And if Medicare for all rolls through, they're going to find every single gap in that coverage. And as Medicare and she's right about this, as as the government takes it over and realizes they can't they don't have the money. They don't have, they don't have the money. They don't have the wherewithal. They don't have the staff. They just can't do it. It was a Bernie Sanders uh, drunk on vodka in 1964 pipe dream that never came to fruition. It doesn't work in a country this size and it doesn't work in the scope that Bernie Sanders wants it to work. So here here he's trying to sell it to everybody. If people buy it, they're never going to get delivery of that product and they're going to still have to have their private supplemental insurance. Those rates are going to go up because the insurance companies are going to have to sustain themselves and you're going to get less coverage. It's going to cost you more. And the worst part is your income is going to be piddly compared to what it is now, because at the heart of all of this is control. The government wants more of your tax dollars. Bernie Sanders wants all your money. He wants to control your life. And you do that by taking everything away from somebody and then slowly giving it back to them in the form of a government program. I mean, look, look, it's it's worked everywhere. It's worked. It's a genius program if you're trying to be a dictator and take over a country like Fidel Castro did in Cuba. Which, by the way, oh, Bernie Sanders, he had to he had to talk. That came up yesterday, too. And I'll tell you what, the the audience, I have proof that the audience was bought and paid for by Michael Bloomberg in what with the uh, with this clip of what happened when Bernie Sanders brought up Cuba. And I'll play that for you here in just a minute. We got to take another quick break. Eight, five, five, seven, six, five, one, oh, four, five is the number more of the Mark K show. Whatever you want Wednesday coming up on one oh, four point five WOKV. Mark, do you remember that joke I told you about my spine? Yeah, it was about a week back. Is <laughs> <laughs> just the haymakers you know, left and right? You know, so many. Oh great my dad gosh! Jokes you're sending I don't know in. who this person is, but he's a genius. We, maybe we could block his number from our uh, open mic feature. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five is our number. If you want to get through, eight five five seven six five. 1045 and uh, I'll t- you know I'll tell you what it was this coronavirus thing so yesterday I had to um I had to go up in my attic and we have that old dusty horrible insulation in the attic and it stinks and so I wanted to go get a mask um to go up in the attic and I went to Home Depot and I walk into Home Depot and I go to the painting section and I go to where the masks are and I look for like you know the cheap little painting mask that you put on your face and you squeeze it and this sh- it's just empty shelves like the shelves are just Someone came through and just they're gone. You couldn't get a painting, a painting mask to save your life. I had to buy the only thing they had were the thirty dollar professional respirators that you put like, you know, you put on your head like you're ripping asbestos away. And it comes with the big discs that help to um, you help you to like filter the oxygen, whatever. And so and so I had to get this. It was great. It scared my kids. I was like Bane from Batman. But I put this thing on and I would walk around and go. <laughs> And it was, you know, it was fun. But I thought to myself, why are all the masks gone? And then I realized coronavirus. People are going to Home Depot and they're literally buying all of the masks, the painting masks, 
because they're afraid of this coronavirus, which I don't get because it's not there's not a huge outbreak here in the United States of America. And according to Donald Trump, there won't be. And according to Donald Trump, in a couple of months, it's going to be gone anyway. Well, he's been taking a lot of flack for asking for this two point five billion dollars to help uh, fight and, and find a vaccine. People are saying it's too little too late. And by people, I mean, Democrats. So take it for what it's worth. But he's got a press conference tonight with the CDC and he's going to be talking about the coronavirus uh, he's going to be talking about traveling with the coronavirus or, you know, where you should, should not go, I assume. He's going to be talking about the government's plan. And I think this is twofold. Number one, I think he wants to uh, show people that he's on top of it. But I think he's also got to quell the 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 hysteria that I believe is, at least for the moment, uncalled for in this country. And when you look at what's happening with the stock market on a, on a global issue, I mean, this is what happens when there's mass hysteria. When there's mass hysteria for something that has not happened yet, meaning a U.S., um, you know, a, a, what do you call it, a, a, a mass uh, outbreak of the coronavirus in, the, in a country the size of the United States. When something like this isn't happening, or when people don't really understand it, when you are just fueled by media reports of people in China being hauled away and pulled out of their houses and thrown in quarantine chambers. And when you talk, you know, when you hear about all these deaths, but you don't realize that these are older people that have already had illnesses. When you hear about these cruise ships where people are being quarantined and they're locked up for 14, 15 days at a time. And the State Department has to come in on helicopters and basically rescue these people right off of the ship. When you hear about all that, then, yeah, it's scary. And then when you have the stock market plunging as a result of all these stories, it's scary. And you've got to get out there and you've got to set the story straight. So I believe Donald Trump's, you know, number one, trying to set the story story straight here. And then number two, trying to stop the bleeding. He's trying to put a put a, a lid on this whole thing before the stock market totally collapses. We go into recession and everybody else stops traveling. I mean, that's the other thing, too. You know, the, the only country I believe right now with a travel advisory from the State Department is China. You know, and my wife, we're in June, we're supposed to go to Italy. And my wife is like, should we still go? And I go, it's in June. It's like four months away. This thing, by June, we're going to be worried about some other virus or we're going to be worried about some other thing or, you know, something else is going to be uh, taking up the news cycle. Bring your Clorox wipes, you know, wash your hands, don't touch anybody's face and you should be good to go. But that's uh, that. Anyway, it's going to be happening at 6 p.m. today. Donald Trump, uh, president of the United States and the CDC talking about what's happening with the coronavirus. And if anyone needs a respirator, uh, you can borrow mine. 855-765-1045. Dave in Florida. How you doing, Dave? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, doing great. What do you want to say, sir? Well, you know, I'm thinking about all these people who want to support a Marxist for president, and they don't seem to realize that when the government gives you everything, the government can take it back, too. And the case in point, is this so-called health care for all. Yeah. If the government's paying for your health care, the government owns you, which is tantamount to voluntary slavery. Yeah. You know what is interesting? Anyone who's ever, like, had their license suspended, you know, they're like, that's not fair. The government gave you the license. The government owns the license. The government can take that license away at any time. Think about your insurance card. Think about your insurance card. If the government gives you your insurance card and you eat too many cheeseburgers for their liking or if you drink too much soda for their liking or if you if you uh you don't exercise enough you know if you don't if you don't uh, go to the gym and you, maybe they'll have government that's probably going to be the next thing think about this first it's government health care all right well if the government is paying for your diabetes medicine and the government's paying for your for your uh for your frequent doctor's visits because you're overweight or if the doc you have to get blood tests all the time because you have elevated triglyceride levels or whatever happens when you're unhealthy and you don't exercise and you overeat if they're doing that they're going to try to cut that cost how do they cut the cost force you to be healthier force you to go to the gym and what what's stopping them from opening government gyms and giving you a card and saying, look, you've got to go and you've got to clock in and clock out. And if you're not at the gym for a certain number of hours, if you don't see a state sponsored or or state appointed uh, personal trainer, that's going to be the next thing. Then you don't get health care coverage. And if you have a heart attack, you're going to die because your coverage will be suspended. I mean, they do it with if you drink and drive, that cop will take your license right in front of you and you don't get it back. What's to keep the government from doing the same thing with your insurance card should you act inappropriately toward your health? Nothing. Absolutely nothing.
Great point. 855-765-1045. Quick break. Traffic, weather, news. More of your calls coming up. It's whatever you want Wednesday on the Mark K Show. Stay tuned. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. I want to make sure we got through everything from the debate yesterday. And again, the, o- the only thing Amy Klobuchar said that was really worth listening to was right at the end. If we spend the next four months okay. tearing our party apart, we're going to watch Donald Trump spend the next four years tearing our country apart. You know, they did it to themselves, so you have to think about it. What they did to Bernie Sanders last time around led to Bernie Sanders this time around. Uh, you know, it's one of those fool me twice once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Um, that's how Bernie Sanders burn bros feel. That's how Bernie Sanders and his entire campaign staff feel. And they were ready for it. They've been, Bernie Sanders has been running for president for really the last, gosh, five or six years. He's had a presidential campaign. He's had presidential polls. He's had a ground crew. He's had social media people. He's been running constantly for the last five years. And no one else on that stage is has anywhere near the support that Bernie Sanders does, has nowhere near the guerrilla uh, you know, army that Bernie Sanders does, has nowhere near the brand recognition. Even Michael Bloomberg, with all of his money, uh, can't seem to spend it fast enough to catch up with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is running, running away with the delegates. He's probably going to get more after South Carolina. He'll definitely get tons more after Super Tuesday. And it doesn't look like any of these people will catch him. Amy Klobuchar is going to have to drop out. Tom Steyer is going to have to drop out. Although maybe he won't. Maybe he's just enjoying it. Maybe Tom Steyer is like one of those guys, that those billionaires that realizes you can't take it with you. So I'll just keep spending money. I'll keep getting on these stages. I'll keep traveling around the country. You know, it keeps me away from my wife for a while and I have a good time. And I learn a couple things. I don't know. That Maybe that's his whole plan. But uh, but you're going to start to see people whittle away. Pete Buttigieg, for having, you know, being in second place, he's got to be running out of money. And and poor Joe Biden, even if he wins South Carolina, his his campaign, there's not a lot left in sight. So we'll see what happens unless he gets some kind of influx of cash from somewhere. And that's only going to come if everybody else starts dropping out. Then uh, then, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a two man race real quick because Michael Bloomberg, once you spend five hundred million dollars, you're, I mean, you're committed. You can't go back. Now, I mean, that's the thing. It's like poker. I don't know if you ever play po- I make a lot of poker references on this uh, show because I lose a lot of poker. But if you, once you've put in an, uh, some, so much money in the pot, you almost have to see it all the way through. You can't just fold. You're invested, you know, and, and there's a 50-50 shot at that point. So Michael Bloomberg's going to be around. Bernie Sanders is the front runner. And this thing's going to go probably all the way to the convention. 855-765-1045. Is the number. This is Mary in Florida. Hi, Mary. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Mark, two things. Um, my husband is an economic professor, uh-huh. and he teaches at some of the local colleges. Okay. And they do not teach capitalism. They teach more or less socialism. And he stood up to this and wanted to know why they weren't teaching more capitalism. Yeah. And censored. He got censored. He got censored. So, what do you mean they don't teach capitalism? Is this like an, is he an economics professor? You said, or yeah, he's an economics okay. professor, and he teaches economics, and they go over this stuff. And there's maybe like one or two paragraphs that talk about capitalism, and then the rest of it is more or less socialism. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. So he said, and what do you, how did they censor him? Did they just tell him to stop or he'd be fired? What was the, uh, what would they, what did they do? That's what they more or less did. They more or less told him that if he didn't, you know, start teaching what was in the books, that it wouldn't be nice. Huh. That is, you know, not shocking or surprising. It's a private university or state uh, university? Uh, it's. <laughs> State run. State run, yeah. Um, look, I mean, there's a lot of that. Most of your education systems here in Florida and, and around the country, of course, really around the globe, are not run by the biggest fans of capitalism, and they're surely not at all conservative. Most of them are progressive and liberal, and that's where most of the ideas come from. And that's where you know socialists go. That's why all these Bernie Bros are young people from Berkeley. They're young people from college campuses. They're they just you know they they're used to. Here's the thing, but the easiest time in your life to get to recruit somebody to socialism is before.
before they have to go out and be a capitalist. Because if you're if you're in high school and your parents provide for you and they and you're on their health insurance plan and you don't have any expenses, and you don't have any real responsibilities. And then you go to college and you still are kind of, you know, someone else is paying for your education. Someone else is paying for your housing, whether it's the government or a grant or a scholarship or your parents. You know, it could be all of them. Could be it could be a little you're taking a little bit from everyone's pot. Maybe that's what's going on. It doesn't matter if that's happening to you. It's a it's a it's a real easy sell for someone like Bernie Sanders to come around and convince you that the government could just keep you in the kind of lifestyle that you're accustomed to where I mean, because let's think about what happens at a college campus. You wake up, you live in a little room. The room has everything you need. It's got one little bed. It's got a sink. It's got a potty. You're good. That's everything you need. Really? Isn't that all you need to get along? That's what a college dormitory is. It's basically your bare necessities to sustain your life. And you get up and you put on your clothes and you go down to the cafeteria. And what happens in the cafeteria? You swipe your card. There's food there, right? You go in, you get a bagel, you get some cereal, some milk, whatever. You swipe the card. There's no money. You know, there's nothing. You just eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And then you go to class and you sit down in class and they teach you. They indoctrinate you. You write this, you write that. They tell you what you're supposed to know. There's propaganda left, right and center. Then you get up, you go get lunch. Same thing. You go home, you study, you get back into your little bed and you go back to sleep. And you could really go the entire day without spending a dime. If you get sick. I'm sure that there's some kind of infirmary or student health center that you go to. You go there. The doctor checks you out. They give you they say you basically you're hung over. Stay, you know, drink a lot of fluids. Here's some Gatorade. Go home and sleep it off. That's that was my college experience. And so really college is a little commune. You get a little bed. You get a little room. You get a little window. You get a little potty. You get to go to class. You get food for free. You get and go. You get to go and get medical uh, attention for free. And the rest of the time you just sit around talking about art and politics and how great the world would be if it were just like your life and how all these homeless people, uh, you know, they should have everything that you have and all the poor and all the rich people, all those rich, those rich people don't need all that money. Look at us. Well, I didn't spend a dime today and I've got a bed and a window and a potty and health care and, and food. That's all you need. So it's the best place to go in and try to convince people to be socialists because they're basically socialists. It's tough to go get a capitalist. It's tough to convince somebody who is a capitalist, maybe someone who didn't go to college, maybe somebody who went out into the workforce, became a plumber, became a salesperson, started their own business. Maybe someone who just jumped, you know, maybe someone who went into the military and then came out and they got recruited to work in security somewhere or computer systems. They took their military education and got a job. It's tough to teach somebody who went out, got a job and realized that they can control how much money they make and that they don't have to live in a little one bedroom apartment with one window and one potty and that they don't have to go down and get the food that's in the cafeteria, that they can get whatever food they want. And if they don't want just Gatorade when they're hungover, they want like a whole uh, vitamin B complex injection, well, they can go out and buy health care or just pay somebody at a private clinic to give it to them. That if you have more money, you get a better place to live. If you have more money, you get better food. If you have more money, you get better health care. That if you're a capitalist, everything can be better. And you're not just sitting back, relying on somebody else to hand you everything and give you just the bare necessities that you need to get by. It is very difficult to convince a capitalist to become a communist. But it's very easy to convince a college kid to become a communist because that's basically what they are already. Great question, and we're sorry to hear that's happening to your husband. 855-765-1045. Jimmy in Jacksonville. How you doing, Jimmy? Hey, Mark. Love hey. your show. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, me too. What's up? What do you want to say? Well, I want to make a few comments about this Greenberg uh, situation. Blue, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was the mayor of New York. My question is, is he made New York so uh, great, why is it considered one of the rudest uh, cities in the country as far as the people there? Uh, my wife and I, we've spent Christmas holidays there in New York, and <clears throat> Broadway was the biggest disappointment uh area that i ever went to yeah i've been to many many, many uh, cities in the united states and to go walk down broadway and you got people laying on the street yeah. you got garbage everywhere yeah um listen jimmy that, that that's a great that is a great question we got to take another quick break but i too i'll be honest with you i lived in new york for several years i went to school in new york i just recently got back 
from New York, and I noticed some dramatic changes from the time Rudy Giuliani was mayor, which was when I lived there, to now. And the only difference between then and now was who the mayor is. Uh, but you you hit on a great point, and it's something that everybody who watches this man and says, is this man really fit to be our president? Should know the answer to. We'll get to you here in just a minute. Quick break. More of the Marque Show coming up on 104.5 WOKV. This is the Marque Show, 855-765-1045. Jimmy from Jacksonville just called in about the Bloomberg situation and said, look, he, I, came, I went to New York and it was so disappointing. I went to Broadway. I walked down the street. There were homeless people everywhere. There were trash. People were rude. You know, why, why, is, a guy, why is this guy a great mayor? What made him a great mayor? And look, here's the thing about New York City. The greatest mayor of New York City was a guy named Rudy Giuliani, who the Democrats have been basically trying to trash ever since he ever since he, uh, you know, got in, into uh, cohorts with Donald Trump. And and basically, Rudy Giuliani, he had a very tough guy approach to New York City. And he knew that tourism was the uh, it was the main, um, you know, uh, it was the main import to New York City. And so he took care of tourists. He, inst- he instituted the cab drivers or I'm sorry, the taxi riders bill of rights, which was, you know, if you wanted to be a taxi driver, you had to display this bill of rights. Everyone had to learn about the taxi drivers bill of rights. And it made riding in a taxi very comfortable, uh, not stressful at all. He cleaned up a lot of what what was, you know, in Times Square before uh, Mayor Bloomberg came along and, and now Bill de Blasio. It was all peep shows. It was all strip clubs. It was disgusting. You didn't want to walk around there at night. And now he invited Disney in. They cleaned it up. He got rid of the homeless population. He uh, he emboldened the police department and everything ran really, really smoothly. And, and the city really became amazing. It became a destination. People were investing in it. People were investing in real estate. Um, you had I mean, if you walk down 42nd Street, you've got Ripley's Believe It or Not museums. You've got, you know, the Madame Tussauds Museum. You've got a Hello Kitty store. You've got these family friendly attractions in a place that just 25, 30 years ago, you didn't go to after dark. So it was it was a boon. And after uh, after Giuliani left, because he, he served his two terms, Mayor Bloomberg came along. He was the next one in line. And for the for the most part, was able to maintain it for a little while. But then he got a little cuckoo. And then he started mandating how much soda you could drink. Then he started taking control of, of, of other situations. Then what he started to do was he started to lose sight of the end goal, which was make New York City great again, basically, for to steal a phrase from Donald Trump. And what happened was people started to get into his face. And, you know, Rudy Giuliani didn't care. Rudy Giuliani didn't take anything, especially after 9-11. His job was to make New York City the best place it could be. You also had a huge wave of kind of of kind of, you know, local pride after 9-11 for everyone to band together. But Mayor Bloomberg's biggest problem was he took everything that Rudy Giuliani did and slowly but surely began to undo it. Then when Bill de Blasio came in, who was the opposite of Rudy Giuliani, who didn't care about the tourism industry, who didn't embolden the cops, in fact, gave more uh, power to the criminals than to to the police force to the point now where there are, I mean, there is an all out war between the police union and the mayor in the city of New York. And it is sad. The homeless population is is totally out of control because they've for, you know, for for human rights violations or for whatever reason, you know, this this person and agency has come in and complained. So they now let the homeless people pretty much do whatever they want, wherever they want. And and something like Grand Central Station, I was just reading, you have you have people there that can't sustain their businesses. The restaurants are closing because all of their tables are taken over by a homeless population that the city refuses to do anything with. So, yeah, it is sad now. What is what do we see as a result of that? Well, you see skyrocketing uh, real estate prices. It's way too expensive. No, very few people can afford to live in New York City the way they used to. The taxes are ridiculously high. Rush Limbaugh is one of the most famous people to flee New York because of the taxes. Donald Trump flees uh, or fled New York as well because of the the um, the litigation after him, uh, not just by the uh, by this by the um, attorney general of New York, but also by the IRS. And they said, to hell with it. We've had enough. The real estate's deplorable. You know, the city itself is falling apart. It's it's falling back to what it used to be before Rudy Giuliani came in and cleaned it up. And that's why if you're going there for the first time now, it is going to be disappointing. It is going to be very disappointing. Uh, Hopefully, though, it won't stay that way. And as far as the country goes, look, if Rudy Giuliani were running for president, I'd say vote for him. But it doesn't happen to be Rudy Giuliani. It happens to be Michael Bloomberg. 
And, you know, Michael Bloomberg, I left the city when Michael Bloomberg was mayor, and I'm much happier here in Florida as well. Uh, great question, though. 855-765-1045. I mean, look, there's still a lot of great parts of New York. I would still, I would, you know, a nice place to visit. I wouldn't want to live there. 855-765-1045. Uh, I got to get out of here. Traffic, weather, news, Rush Limbaugh, all on the way. And tomorrow we'll hit you with some what the bleep. So be sure to tune in for that. Have a great day, everyone. See you. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.